Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Does that blow your mind? That just happened. Welcome back. Hour three of In This League right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Bogman of the Welsh. You know, in our open, that one clip, people didn't understand it. They should get it. But that girl that goes, we're there here. That's from Poltergeist. Yes. And I had this long conversation about scary movies, similar to what we've had before on this road trip that I was going. Um, Talk about scary. Going to the border. Yuma, Mexico border for horrible, ridiculous reasons. (laughs) <laughs> and they, we got in this long conversation. I, I was with some people about scary movies. And one of the people, one of the persons had a similar take as you on scary movies of like, mm, I'm alone. I live alone. I'm not a scared Pass. person, but right. I get I get scared because because one of the people was arguing like, ah, eh, we're not really scared. It's jumpy. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm halfway through because this one of the per- people was arguing like when you're an adult, scary movies don't scare you anymore because, you know, it's all fake. And it's like, well, you know, like I get I can get jumpy about stuff. And there's certain things that freak like possession freaks me out more than like, you know, probably especially when you violence. have little kids run around. Yeah, your like house, before so. like violence and stuff. But then the other guy was your take where he's like, no, I get scared. He's like, because I live alone. I don't like to see the movies. And he had all the same takes you had. But right. we we're talking about some of the movies that he should see that he hasn't seen. And then I had randomly brought up poltergeist and he was just like, one of the guys was like, poltergeist is just garbage. It doesn't hold up whatsoever. And I was like, huh, I remember when I was younger, that movie being kind of freaky with the TV and the we're here and they're going in another zone and the skeletons and whatever. And it got me thinking like, what scary movies are the worst hold up? Like, are at the worst at holding up long term. Blair and, Witch. And what are the best? You, okay, so you think Blair Witch doesn't hold up at all? No, no. Like, Blair Witch creeped me right out when I saw it. I because, thought it was real. I saw it in the theaters yes. before the news was out that yes, it was fake. Me too. Me too. That's why, like, I remember um, watching it and just, like, having chills run down my So spine. are you saying it doesn't hold up because comparative to, like, its release, it's... Yes. Okay. It's terrible. Like, if you go back and watch it now... It's uh, it, first of all, it'll make you seasick because it's all shaky. Can, yeah, that's which true. Is terrible. And then also you can't unsee the snot nose scene because yes. then in scary movie, they did the big snot bubble. Right, right. Exactly. Scary movie so three, and that was like one of the most dramatic things in the movie that happened. Yeah. And then, you know, the final scene when you know it's all made up and fake, it's just lame. There's nothing. There's no I guess there's no real peak in that movie. There's no climax. So it's just kind of like, OK, 
that was creepy and now it's over. It's like so. a testament to the ones that do hold up because we were talking about like the Halloween series and how embarrassing they are with Michael Myers. They're not really good. <laughs> Maybe even some of the original, original, like the very first Friday the 13th. Then they took a turn, I think, into the 90s where it got like a bit too much. But like Exorcist, it it, it doesn't hold up to the same degree, but I think you can give it the so hold creepy. up. You Yeah. You can give it the thumbs up that it holds up because it still elicits like Jesus Christ with the like the voice and the thing. And sometimes these older movies, and that's the key, when they do stuff that you don't do in movies anymore. Like she does a little thing with a cross that you're not going to really see in movies anymore. And and not a lot do that. You know another one? The Shining holds the yeah. F up. Yeah, well, you don't time. need like in The Shining, it's a guy going crazy. And there's other weird stuff in there. But you didn't need so much crazy, over-the-top graphical stuff. You know what I mean? Like, well, the intensity holds up. Like, like right. a lot of times, and here's the problem with movies as time goes on. Like I see, especially, God, man, sci-fi movies really struggle with this. If you saw sci-fi movies in the 90s, and it's like, eh, cell phones. They don't even have a version of cell phones. Like, How about communic- Event Horizon, though? I mean, but okay, that but might be one the creepiest one I've ever seen. That one holds the well, hell up. But a lot of movies suffer from these continuity things as time and technology goes by that is a struggle. But then when you find these movies like The Exorcist or I, I mean, I truly think Shining might be a masterpiece in that you just don't think one second about cell phones or compute. It just doesn't click right, with you. Right. That's not how that movie is built. It's so unique and how old it is where you can think of great masterpiece, even if it's not horror movies, movies that you've seen in the past that it's like, eh, it's kind of hard to. For that to follow up, but um, I think the shining you sound does. like the scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall when he's like, "That that movie was garbage. What if your cell phone killed you?" Oh yeah, <laughs> you yeah, yeah, that? yeah. They're like, "Well, it's an expression of technology and how it's taking up the over." Phone and then he acts like he dies. It's you know, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. I was just thinking about that. With I mean, you can take it to a million different spaces, but horror movies specifically, you know, they elicit such a it's such like a visceral feeling that when you go I back, I do like. I want to go and buy that doll from Annabelle and just send it to your house. I, dude, like I, that is what I want to. I do. would call and, the FBI if I got that, <laughs> and I would say you track where this came. I would lose it. The doll thing. My aunt had a collection of Raggedy Ann dolls when she was. I, I think I've told creepy. this a couple times. 300 Raggedy Ann dolls in one oh of the God. rooms in her house. You're trying to take over the world with those things. It was the I, I you know what I should ask her. I haven't I haven't thought of it and I just saw her a couple months ago. She lives in California. I should ask what was your problem with the raggedy <laughs> ant thing? Cuz I hate that stuff. Uh you no, know, it's funny is I was watching like I was trying to go to bed last night, I couldn't sleep and I was on YouTube and it you know went down a rabbit hole of some creepy stuff on YouTube and one of them was I don't know if you've seen this but a guy uh, saw it was just this big styrofoam thing um, and it had tape over it and it was just floating down this river. And so he went out in the water, he grabbed it and he brings it back and someone's filming him opening it. He opens it up and it's just a, a doll. In uh, it. I, no. And Is this he, real? Yeah, it's real. And he thought it was, uh, for, for a second he thought it was like a kid in there. So we like really panicked. And then he looked and he saw it was just a doll, but like that's either like the smartest, most evil prank ever that somebody did. They like put a creepy looking doll 
in a styrofoam box, duct taped it up and sent it down the river. So someone would be creeped out about it. Or, you know, some Annabelle stuff was going on with that doll. So they taped it up and got rid of it. So and now it's this guy's problem. And the problem is, is half the people be like, oh, cool. What is this? I would I would open that up and I go, nope. I audibly on down the river. I would audibly drop a nope. And I I would throw it back in the river. There's (laughs) no way whatsoever but it also had me thinking because uh later today uh, as a you know my birthday thing we're gonna go see a horror movie we're gonna go see the remake of pet cemetery and okay i don't think the original pet cemetery would isn't hold up the well. isn't the chucky one coming out soon too yeah chucky but chucky i don't know chucky's kind of a joke you chucky is joke. definitely a joke the only reason i want to see that though is aubrey plaza so oh is she is she gonna be like the jennifer tilly she's the mom Really? She she's the mom in the movie for she's the kid. Mom? That, yeah. Eh, uh, she's like, you know, a little bit younger than us, so she's in the early thirties now. So that's depressing. Oh, that's weird. No. I mean, okay, maybe I'd be into it, but I, I just like, you know, those things don't hold up. I don't think I'm I kind of feel like Pet Cemetery might hold up like like also because I brought up the Langoliers because I love to bring that up. And there's not a movie that holds up worse than the Langoliers. Like Which one's it, the Langoliers? Stephen King's The Langoliers. It was a book. If you, already, you, know, you love to read uh, listen to books. Langoliers was like a really popular series. And then it how was many like, Stephen King books have you read? Uh, like two, I think. Okay. But right. Langoliers was one. But um, they did a mini series. <laughs> and I, I don't remember if it was like ABC or NBC or whatever. And it was like a three or four part mini series. And it was real intense. And they were building it up. And then at the time, I remember like when they finally showed the Langoliers, you're like, oh, okay. I how do we least- get on this? What are you, Dean Koontz? Who's that? He's a horror writer. Oh, I guess okay. Not. No, it, uh, it but <laughs> you, when if you go and look, like go, everybody, go and search like a scene from the Langoliers, like when they show up, it's so embarrassing how bad it holds up. And the concept is all great. The Langoliers look embarrassing. It. Uh, you have to name a worst. team the Langoliers. You said it 450 times here. So <laughs> I, you said the Langoliers and Langoliers. You got to like read the, the Langoliers. Langoliers. I like the Langoliers. Langoliers. Don't Langoliers. hold up. The Langoliers. Right. Yeah. What about what, what about the um, wasn't there an evil leprechaun movie? What was that one? Uh, leprechaun, I think. It was just called Leprechaun. I'm pretty sure it was just called Leprechaun. I remember like being in second grade and they put that in for us to watch for like Halloween or something. And like five minutes in. Someone came around the corner and said, what are you guys doing? And they stopped the movie immediately and yeah. because I think it was rated R. Well, but they, I think someone went to like Blockbuster and saw, oh, look, a leprechaun. You know what? I think it was actually for St. Patty's Day. Uh, someone said, oh, look, a cute leprechaun movie and yeah. grabbed it. And they were just going to throw it on without watching. And they didn't realize the leprechaun was going around murdering people. And the worst thing is, too, is like I, I think when they because Hollywood has no original ideas anymore and all they do is remake everything or they take a toy brand and they make a movie out of it. You know, it's, it's, they made a movie about emojis. Like that's how, like (laughs) how bad of a spot we're in, but like also it takes away. And I feel like it's something that we're going to lose over time. I like the idea of thinking there's movies that don't hold up anymore, but as they keep making like remakes of them, we're going to lose that. Like they're going to just remake everything. And then it doesn't even matter anymore. It's because then, because what happens is then you compare. Cause I just thought about that movie. It, you know, um, Tim Curry. I didn't see the new one. Well, I saw the new one, and Tim Curry was the original It, and it was creepy. And then they went all like nutty with this new one, and it, it's kind of dumb. It's kind of stupid. 
Uh, what were we going to talk about with Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? I did the thing. Yeah, and I yeah, took I guess. Off. Uh, is he the Langoliers? Is he's, that him? He's not. A, I mean, he's about the size of a Langolier. It kind of looks like. Kinda. Oh, oh are they I know what the question was. I know what the question was. Let's assume he is up and playing by May 1st. Is okay. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. going to be able to run away with a Rookie of the Year award? Furthermore, Will he be the top rookie in all of baseball when all is said and done statistically? Knowing, I think, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. has like six homers. Pete Alonso just hit his seventh. Robles has been pretty solid. Will Vlad be at the top of the rookie game at the end of this year if he comes up um, with the first month? I, uh, think, I think I would still stick with Vlad because, uh, and this is tough to say, because coming into the year, I was like, well, he's got, you know, this this oblique injury and that can kind of screw with uh, hitters sometimes, just players sometimes. So but if he comes up and he's he's already rocking in triple A and he goes uh, and starts early May, I, I just think that the skill is there and for him to not really hit too many rough patches early in his career. Whereas for Peter, Pete Alonso, uh, you know, he's going to have to see some of these pitchers a second third time and they're going to start getting him so he'll probably have a rough patch and he's not known for being an average hitter anyway right the welsh i mean you know more about these guys than i, I mean do. here's the problem with him like he hit i think he hit like 280 last year so i mean he can hit for average but the presumption with him and what I, it was ironic i've always kind of felt and i'm not sure if i've conveyed it maybe i have but i've always kind of con- felt like he could be one of those guys that was looked at similar to like Paul Goldschmidt where people looked at Paul Goldschmidt in the minors and they were like, well, how he does this weird hitch, you know, and fly up on the swing. It's just not when he's, you know, starts getting to the major leagues and guys throwing 97, he's not gonna be able to catch up to it. And then he did. And everyone presumed he was going to be like a sub 270 hitter and he just wasn't going to be able to hold up. There's not a similarity necessarily in how they swing, but the same thing with Alonso where people are like, yeah, he's doing fine now, but I don't know if he's going to hold up when he gets to the majors. And I don't think he's going to be a 300 plus hitter, but he legitimately might hit 280, but nobody assumed that he would. I think he's the only one that could challenge Vlad. Yeah, because I feel like if you say, if I ask you that question and you say, yeah, Vlad is there, that kind of means that there's got to be a relatively significant drop in both of the rookies because Pete Alonso has got a great run. I know they're different divisions if you're talking about rookie of the year, but if we're talking about overall, you've got Pete Alonso really running away with this. Tatis average isn't quite there. But he's dropping bombs. Michael Chavis just got called up by the Red Sox. You know, so there's a lot of rookies vying for it. With Alonso having already seven homers, you know, before Vladimir Guerrero would even come up, for him, for Vlad to pass him, Vlad would have to have really high counting stats, which he isn't necessarily a 40-plus homer hitter. And that would mean I feel like Pete Alonso would really have to drop off. Yeah, and I think that there's a possibility for that. And I think that... All of the uh, all of the skill is there for Vlad. I don't know that there's going to be too much dropping off. I mean, he's just been the number one prospect. Like, I mean, how far back would you have to go? Like, who was the last prospect you'd put ahead of him? Oh, like Harper. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. Like that's it, and and you might not even put Harper ahead of him. No. So. Uh, it looks like everything's locked in for him. And Pete Alonso is going to be a great player, and he already has been playing. Also, great. might have been Acuna. You know, I mean, like, it just happens to be the last two years of the hype. Right. So, uh, those two guys right there, 
uh, I mean, that's big shoes to fill. Yeah. And while I do think Pete Alonso is going to be really good, I mean, obviously we'd have to find someone in the AL that's as good as Vlad because he'd be one AL rookie of the year, like you mentioned before. But yeah. I think May 1st and he's good to go. Do you think like if he doesn't come up in this homestand, you don't think they would bring him up on the road at all, right? I think they could. I think they could. I think it could be within. I, I think it's just before May 1st. That's how I think okay. about it. By the way, Pete Alonso, um, wanting to participate in the home run derby because that $1 million cash bounty, I love that. Well, I, yeah, and the young players that are stuck on those crappy deals are definitely going to want to be in it. Vlad probably would be like, let me in. Of course, but um, I think that because it's a million bucks now, maybe some of the the bigger name stars will actually want to play for Who it, Who doesn't too. want to for a million? It's the best thing. You know what? It's the best decision baseball's made. I as bet far you Goldie still goes. doesn't do it. Who? So, Goldie. We try to get, you know, Arizona tried to convince him to be in, especially uh, when it was here. He just wanted no part of it. So, I, I think. Or actually, it was Upton who we wanted when he was here. So, well, I mean, we Upton's wanted Prince, Prince Fielder. Fielder. Yeah, he's being dumb. He put in Ricky Weeks instead. How embarrassing. I just think it's I love it. I love that baseball made that decision. I think it's one of the best um, that they've done in a long time. One million dollars on the line. You are going to have people fighting over it, which I don't think has been the case before. Joey Gallo. Let's get him there. Let's get a guy like Pete Alonso. All right. Pete Alonso versus Joey Gallo. Chris Davis in there all day. Let's go. Not Orioles. Chris Davis, of course. All right. When we come back, it's NFL draft time. Bogman has got the live stream coming because the NFL draft is happening this Thursday. So let's go down uh, with all the stuff, all the rumors, and all the projections like Bogman loves to do. Let's do some speculating. Let's go. We're going. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. I use the side door, and after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Space out? I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. Would you be a good sport and indulge us and just tell us a little more? Let me tell you something about In This League. I'll tell you about that Patreon, patreon.com slash ITLArmy. Come have fun with us, all the good stuff, secret shows, and the live stream that is going to be happening this Thursday. When are you firing that sucker up? I was almost thinking because, as everybody knows, I will be at Endgame. But Endgame starts 15 minutes after the draft. So I'm not, I probably walk in the theater about 20 minutes before. So I've got kind of an hour to kill. I don't know if you're planning on doing something an hour before, but maybe I I'll jump not. on with you. No, no way. Oh. No. Dude, the first round is going to be like four and a half, well, five let's you, hours. Let's you and me go on there and have some fun. So I have to sit for five and a half to yeah. six hours? Yeah. I do like sitting. You love sitting, and you're going to get so, pizza. That's Yeah. I mean, and maybe some ramen. Maybe <laughs> we'll some ramen. That, we'll see. That pans out, but uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I'll, maybe I'll we'll say that's that. a hard maybe. So. Hard maybe. Possibly Bogman and I stream for a little bit of it but you know worst case 6 p.m pacific standard 9 p.m eastern god is it really the draft really starting 9 p.m eastern 
Yeah, yeah, especially for when it takes so long. East it's Coast guys ridiculous. got it rough. Yeah, they can go to midnight or whatever. But hey, um, left coast, best coast. Move on out here. There's plenty. There's plenty of uh, empty homes out here. Come can't on. disagree. Boy, can I not disagree? It's just in humor. Right. It's all mall. Um, but yeah, you can uh, check that out if you're part of Patreon. You're gonna have that live stream. Bogman will be up uh, chatting and talking and drafting and picking and per- per- uh, say procrastinating, prognosticating. What prognosticating that's yeah. right i'll be doing all the stuff and things for the first round so, yeah. so it'll be fun and are you doing anything on the second round second yep. third? i do the whole second round too Damn. so we, we got to find uh that's the the second day is two and three and if if i can wake my ass up early enough on saturday uh i'll be doing at least part of saturday too but uh yeah we have to make some plans for next week i don't we know what do we're gonna stuff. do Let's we'll so, figure it out. But. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, figure so. it out. But yeah, there you go. So lots of good stuff, and uh, it's an easy click away over on patreon.com slash ITL Army. Uh, did you get all ginned up about the uh, NFL schedule? You actually, yeah, you know, I remember you and I talked about it, and you were just like, you're like, oh, let me look at the schedule. And I was like, ugh. Like, I treated it like you treat all things that you're not interested in. Like right. the Game of Thrones and Steeler Well, fans. that makes sense. Ugh. Like, you don't care about the schedule. At so all. Not one yeah. bit. You you don't care. Like I, for I couldn't me, tell. I couldn't tell you who the Niners. I think they might open up against the Cowboys. Well, it's that not might called, not be right. Uh, it's not called Thursday Night Football with the Welsh, is it? No, it's called Thursday Night Football with Bogman. So yeah. I'd like to see what are these terrible games that I have to see. Oh, okay. I didn't think of it from that perspective. I didn't think of you looking at the Thursday games and being like, "What is this trash?" Right. I didn't think and of that. some of them are pretty bad, dude. Are they? Uh, well, how about the uh, second game, September 19th, Jacksonville versus Tennessee? Oh, love really? that one, right? Really? How about they the Cardinals? Can they flex the that out? How about the Cardinals and the Niners on Halloween? That's a great game. Oh, it's like, what are you talking it, about? It's a great game. Is it, though? Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyler yeah. Murray. Yeah, maybe Kyler Murray, probably in Williams, according to uh, most recent uh, smokescreen rumors. We'll Who? see uh, Quinn and Williams. So oh, that's nonsense. <laughs> I mean, you believe that for one. It's second. Kyler Murray. But uh, if they trade uh, down, it's Quinn and Williams. No, it's funny that uh, the, the sounder we played coming into this segment about doing only 15 minutes of work. I feel like that's what happened for all the football nuts yesterday when the, with this uh, schedule coming out. It was kind of late in the day, though, so I, I guess most it, people probably weren't working. I but. couldn't care about anything less, though I did like, did you see the Panthers put out a, a video on their schedule that was about video games? No, I didn't Dude, see Dude, you got to watch it during the break. The Panthers. Dude, the Steelers did one for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, that's pretty good. I'm not sure anyone beats the Panthers, though. They did um, a different video game for each week. So, like, week one, it was like, um, oh, man, what was that Atari game? Pitfall, where it was Cam Newton jumping over helmets, and the helmets were like whoever they play week one, like the Falcons or whatnot. <laughs> and they kept going through each week was a different video game. It was really, really good. That's the all, you know what? Credit to them. That made me care about, like, if, if I got presented – some cool way that they did their schedule. I'd probably watch every single team's do uh, video if they did it like that, but I don't care about it. Like, well, people were like waiting with bated breath about the schedule. Like, Oh my God, here it comes. Who cares? Well, dude, I, well, I understand that, but the reason I care is because over the last couple of years, the Steelers always end up playing on Christmas day or Thanksgiving. And it drives me nuts because literally any other day is fine, except for those two days. Now I've, you know, 
it's been fine that they played on those days the last couple of years. But in the past, it's always been some sort of nightmare because like I've said before, you know, I don't care about Christmas. The Steelers are playing the Texans. I'm going to be watching, uh, you know, James Conner score a bunch of touchdowns, you know. So, uh, but they don't have any of those games. That's all I really cared about. And then when the Steelers come here to play in Arizona this year, so that's what I wanted to see. But a lot of people make a big deal about this, but it's funny because I told you the Mr. Rogers thing, and it was so clearly done, like the guy who recorded his voice did it way before the announcement because it was like, here are the here's the home opener. And then it, it just flashes the home opener. Here's oh, the no. Steelers primetime games. And then it had all the, the primetime games. It was almost like, uh, you know, watching your creative player do something in Madden, yeah. you know, where they won't say your name. Just like, here's number five. Or like, in, you remember in the wrestling game where they would just say your nickname? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They'd be like, come in here, rock star rocket. <laughs> come in here. Uh, look, it's uh, Stone Cold versus Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Destroyer can't be beat. That's, that's, but that's actually probably a real one. The The funniest thing was uh, the Cardinals one. Uh, they made their schedule release video. No Josh Rosen in it, the Welsh. Ooh. Oh, very upsetting, of course. Speculation. Didn't, uh, well, didn't, it was Dave Gettleman was interviewed earlier this week about Josh Rosen, and he's like, I'm not doing that. Like, it is what <laughs> Pretty it is. much. And then I think, wasn't Rosen asked about it? And he's like, it is what it is. Yeah, I think what the word that he used was it's annoying not knowing. And of course it is. You know, uh, he's already in. He's learning the playbook. Uh, this is what I think is going to end up happening. I think they're taking Kyler Murray. It doesn't really yeah. ha- matter what happens with Rosen. I think it's settled and, by Tuesday, by the way. And I think that they just decide they're not getting a good enough offer for Rosen. So they'll just have him back up Kyler Murray. Possible. Or maybe he'll start and we'll see how good he is. And maybe they can trade him or Kyler Murray next year. So, you know, you don't have to have all the answers right now if you're the Cardinals because you're good enough to be picking number one overall in the draft. The only reason I've consistently said that they do is because of the fan base. The fan base wants to turn on them. I think they're very volatile. They (laughs) traded to get Rosen in the first round. Like, I believe the organization wants to come out of this draft to not have questions around it. They want to say, hey, we've got Kyler Murray. He's our guy. And look what we got for Josh Rosen. No longer is it speculation or a 2020 second round pick. We got said cornerback and said wide receiver. Like, that's how I believe they want to walk out of this. That's why I feel like this has to get settled before the draft. And I'm going to stick to that. I might be wrong. But I feel like Rosen gets traded like Tuesday, Wednesday, and there's an announcement of Murray being officially the guy. And it's all about the smoke screen is only about Rosen's value. I I don't think it's anything else like they need to put up that kayfabe that they are going to take Quinnen Williams or do something else because they like Rosen and they want the team to pay up for Rosen. And once that's all settled, then it's smooth sailing and Kyler Murray is the player. I think that if Rosen gets traded, it will be on Friday. I think it'll be between. I think it'll be because that's what they're really asking for is they really want a second round pick, which they're not getting. You know, uh, what they wanted from the Redskins was the 15 overall Redskins are like, we're not doing that. So we'll roll with Case Keenum. 
And if Case Keenum sucks, next year's uh, quarterback class much better than this year's. So my only uh, disagreement with that box is I feel like the teams that would pay a high price and that would want Josh Rosen, they would want finality going into day one because. Like the only way that's possible is but, if the team misses in the first right. round. I feel like a team would want to have their plan to know that they have Rosen so they can go do something else. The only way it well, works is if a team missed out. And the guys that are traded up for the most are quarterbacks. So yeah, yeah that's true. You know, there's rumors that um, you know the the Niners would trade back to get some ridiculous haul so that someone can trade in front of the Giants and take Haskins. Or if Kyler Murray doesn't go one, the Niners will trade back and get a ridiculous haul so the Raiders can jump up and take Kyler Murray. So there's all these weird... I like the idea of the Niners getting a haul, but I also don't know if I love the idea of them moving off of Bosa. Right, right. Well, you've become used to it now because that's what everyone has said is they're getting Bosa at two and that's locked down. And and that's probably what's going to happen, to be honest with you. So... Um, I mean, you can speculate all you want. Stuff is going to happen. But I think round one, the reason why you don't trade Rose until round two is because, like, if you're, let's say you're the Giants and uh, you're thinking you want to take one of the good defensive players at pick six and then you're hoping that Daniel Jones falls to you at pick 17, their second pick. Um, so if someone jumps one pick in front of you to take Daniel Jones because they've fallen in love with him in the process, whatever team that might be, um, jumps up and takes him, well, now you're stuck. You really wanted Daniel Jones. You didn't trade up for him because you didn't see this scenario happening, and now you're picking someone else at 17 because you only have that 10 minutes to uh, make that pick. Maybe you move back. That's fine. Maybe you you move back. Someone else wants to move up to get a different player. You collect a couple picks, regroup, and move on from there. But then you also still have this Josh Rosen sitting out on the table for you, especially if the Cardinals at that point have taken Kyler Murray. And uh, you can you know say, all right, look, this is what we'll do. We'll give you you know a three this a two this year and a three next year, whatever it might be. And then you wind up having your quarterback. If you do like him, if you don't like him at all, then, you know, there's no reason to trade for him. But um, and also other opportunities, you know, the Dolphins still don't really have their quarterback situation uh, situated. So they're a team that could be going for him. And we've heard that the Broncos are off of Drew Locke as of recently. Oh, I didn't hear so, that. Is that? Yeah, that that's a thing that's happening right now as well. Bogman, so, your Locke is coming out is coming into pieces. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it definitely is, and that's why I don't like Mox that much. Oh, because they, I mean, they're all they're fun to do, but they all fall apart. Never, no one ever gets them right because there's just so much stuff that's played so close to the vest that these teams just aren't going to be giving out their information sure. unless you're the Raiders, and then the, everyone gives out the information, and then they all get sent home. Yeah, what was that about? They sent home all of their. I did like they sent all home all their scouts. That's what it was about. Because they said they can't trust them. I saw a really interesting tweet from Gil Brandt. Did you see this one? I don't think I did. What, Where what did um, I'm going to pull it up real quick because I want to read it um, verbatim and I don't want to. Let's see. Brandt. Oh, these people's names. Here we go. Because uh, he quote tweeted the the story. And if people don't know what we're talking about, um, da, 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 Ian Rappaport reported that the Raiders coach John Gruden and GM Mike Mayock sent their scouts home for the weekend 
and they're not expected to return by draft time. The belief is they don't know who to trust and wanted to clear the room. So Gil Brand, he, um, he quote tweets this and he goes, all right, we never cleared the room, but sometimes we'd lay traps, traps for scouts we didn't trust. In 1987, we showed wow. our, we showed our board to a scout. Um, uh, we showed our board to a scout with us taking Mike Junkin, a linebacker we didn't like. Two days later, Cowboys beat writer Jim Dent wrote a story saying we were taking Junkin. Hook, <laughs> line, sinker. Well, that's, I mean, I, I like the Gil Brandt uh, tweeted that out because now the Raiders know what they should do if they see themselves in this situation next time. Yep. But um, the rumor that I heard, and I don't know if this is the one that got people sent home or not, was, you know, we've seen all the mocks with the first four picks look like they're locked in, right? Where yeah. it's Kyler Murray, it's Nick Bosa, it's Josh Allen, and then it's Quentin Williams. Well, the Jets, because they want to move back, and this is kind of what I've speculated, is they'll flip with the Raiders because the Raiders really want Quentin Williams, and they'll add like a fourth or a fifth round pick back just to move down one spot and still take the guy that they want in Josh Allen. But um, there's been rumors that they might take Williams. So if they take Williams, the Raiders are not going to take Josh Allen. They're going to take Devin White, one pick ahead of the Bucks, who have been linked to Devin White the entire offseason. So Josh Allen so, going to start dropping? I, well, either he'll start dropping or he'll go to the Bucks. All hell's going to break loose. So, but that I just heard from Matt Miller uh, on his podcast, Stick to Football, like two days ago. And he said, I heard from a source that if Williams isn't there, they will 100% take Devin White. So I don't know if that's the rumor that came out. That's the one that they don't like. They do love, that got spe- out they there do love speedy not. linebackers. But yeah, I mean, it makes, uh, it, it would make a lot of sense. Oh, so you're, okay. So now I'm sorry, I wasn't following for a minute. So you're saying because that Devin White info is out there, the Raiders are pissed because their plan is being leaked, and now they're that's what they're doing. They're doing this. Well, we can't trust anybody because our you know very very important secretive information is being leaked out to the media. Right, right. And I don't I don't know if that's the one that that caused this stir, but that's the newest thing coming out of the Raiders that I've heard of. So um, just just interesting stuff how that falls that way. But um, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of goofy, uh, silly smoke screens and. I just don't think that you can trust anything in the last 10 days of the process here because it's all now we got to really get the posturing to say stuff. I mean, the Cardinals came out and said, well, we're not 100 percent locked in. We're still doing our due diligence and all this crap is bull crap. Bull crap. No one should believe that Nonsense. they are taking Kyler Murray. It makes too much sense. The only way they don't know what they're doing is if they're waiting for a team to give them the godfather. And then, right. they, then they adjust their plan. But there's no way they haven't locked in that Kyler Murray is the pick if they're staying there. And if that's the plan, then that was the plan all along. And they'll say that. And I know sometimes that's hard to believe that that was a plan all along. But when you have the number one overall pick, you can do whatever you want with it. You can sit there and say, we're taking Murray, we're taking Murray, we're taking Murray, and then zig because you you might say, well, you know, no one came and offered us what we want. We figured that this was everyone's favorite player. We already have our quarterback in Josh Rosen. So we just kept sending that information out there. Now, I don't know how uh, you would be trusted in the next couple of years during this process if that were to be the case. But, I mean, you can do whatever you want. And I think that's what the 
the Cardinals could be doing, but I think it makes too much sense with Kingsbury getting a guy that fits his system, and that's Kyler. That's right. That's Kyler Murray. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, NFL draft. That's what we're going to finish up. Talk about the tweets that Nick Bosa got rid of. Any of the latest rumors, Bogman just kind of went through some of them, but we'll go through the rest. So don't go anywhere. More in this league. Final segment coming up. Bogman, it's Welsh. We'll be back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. In this league. I thought we were going to be just friends. What? Friends is in the... In this league. In the dark. Don't look now, but NFL teams are focusing on the 2019 NFL Draft with the first round on Thursday, April 25th, just like us. And for serious fantasy footballers, it's never too early to start prepping for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts crew are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge, regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. So go save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. You're getting all ginned up. You're getting like, is it starting to I'm sink excited. In? Yeah. I'm excited for the draft for sure. I want to see what the Steelers do. Uh, I want to see if anything crazy happens, you know, something super crazy happens. I'll be uh, really excited about it. And I was so disappointed with the first round last year when the Steelers took Terrell Edmonds with some really good players sitting out there, especially you remember how happy or how excited I was about Lamar Jackson. And then he goes to the, the damn Ravens, uh, you know, not happy about that. I just didn't enjoy the draft last season. So I'm hoping no. that oh. something I want can happen this season. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. NFL draft or Game of Thrones episode two? NFL draft. Oh, baby. A week ago, it was clearly Game of Thrones. Well, no, I think I was saying Game of Thrones, the last episode, like the last episode, I'll take over um, anything that's not a Steelers game. Uh, Like the very last episode. So you'll take NFL draft over all but episode six of the season. Yes. Yep. Tall order, Boggs. It's a very, very tall order. And I might change my mind when we get there, but I won't have to because it's happening this week. So and the NFL knows what's good for them, you know. No, no drafting on Sunday. Let's just do uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we don't, we don't want to mess around with Game of Thrones. So kind of like college football. Like, no, we don't need to do games on Sunday and go up against the NFL. That doesn't make sense. We good. We so, good. All right, what do we yeah, got? We good. So there's some rumors that have happened here recently, and then there's a funny article uh, about silly rumors that I want to read. But going over the stuff that has happened recently, just 
before we're going in, here's the last one. Uh, Ian Rappaport says that people around the league are convinced that the Giants will take a quarterback at six. Really? Now, they said a quarterback. Not Drew Haskins. Not Dwayne Haskins. Or Dwayne, so, yeah. Why do I say Drew? Well, you calling him Hankins last time? I, I, You're no, not I have good no with Dwayne Haskins' name. I'm just not yeah. respectful to Ohio State quarterbacks. <laughs> well, I don't know if too many people would blame you for that. I think but, uh uh, you know, this could be Drew Locke. Oh, I think, uh, you know what? I think I was, I think Drew Locke was combining. I combined probably. them. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Jones is in there as well. Ooh, and okay. Wait, Tyler let me, Murray fell. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Okay. I'm, I'm going to create a scenario here. All right. What if the Broncos are unleashing a, um, a set of smoke screens that say, we're not into Drew Locke. Don't worry about it. And they're laying that out because the rumors of the Giants not wanting Haskins right now, that maybe it's Drew Locke, that the Gi- the, the Broncos are hoping that the Giants get cute and think they can get Locke at 17 or wherever the hell their other pick is. Yeah, I mean, that could definitely be it. And there are other teams that need a quarterback, too. The Redskins have been connected to Drew Locke as well. Um, I mean, or it could just be that they actually like Haskins and um, – who, I don't know. Yeah, the Broncos. I in if, if Drew Locke was a top ten pick, or top nine pick, because I know you've been having him at ten. I mean, would you just cancel the rest of the draft? I mean, it's like it's Blaine Gabbert, man. I mean, you know, I hate to compare Missouri quarterbacks and everything. I just I'm not into Drew Locke. So I think he's good. Like, I think he can sit behind someone and learn. I think that would be really good for him to do. But we've seen it like if you get drafted in the first round, you're playing year one. It just happens to every quarterback. Happened to all five quarterbacks drafted last year. They said the last guy that uh, got drafted in the first round and didn't um, didn't start a game was uh, E.J. Manuel from Buffalo. You remember E.J. E. Manuel? Manuel, I do. I do. Yeah. I wasn't also an Ohio State quarterback? Uh, Florida State. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, so it it looks like they're going to take a quarterback. We're just not sure which one. I still think it's going to be Haskins. I find it weird that they'd be tied to this guy the whole offseason and take Drew Locke. But stranger things have happened. I mean, the Bears traded up when it looked like they didn't need to to get Trubisky. And, uh, you know, that seems to have worked out for them. So uh, Kyler Murray canceled his, his visit with the Redskins, the Welsh. Did you see that? Yeah, because why would he? He's going to the Cardinals. Right, but um, I thought it was funny that this happened after Matt Miller said, you know what, I would bring in Kyler Murray for one of my official 30 visits just so I could look him face-to-face and say, hey, are the Cardinals taking you? So then uh, as the Redskins, we have some leverage in the Josh Rosen deal. So uh, I thought that was funny, and then he canceled. Maybe maybe Cardinals (laughs) said, we want you to cancel all other meetings. Right, right. It definitely could have been. Doesn't that feel like it? But here's the only problem. Now that we're saying this, the <laughs> likelihood of what we just presented makes so much sense. Cardinals say, hey, you're our guy. Cancel these things. And it just reeks that. Except Kyler Murray and his dad have made weird decisions for the last eight months. Uh-huh. So you can't put it past, you know, his dad being like, I'm not going to Washington. He's like, all right, cancel it. Like, it's totally a move that they would do. It, it's it's maybe somebody else. It Wouldn't would reek great? of the team. Wouldn't it be great if he um, if he got picked by a team that he didn't want to and then said, nah, forget it. I'll go play for the A's. It would be <laughs> amazing. And 
if he cited that it wasn't because he went to a team that he didn't want, it was all the contracts that the baseball players are getting? I couldn't. Well, I don't think it's that because they offered him $14 million guaranteed on top of his uh, whatever his signing bonus was. Plus, he would have been on the 40-man roster to stay in baseball, and he didn't do it because he wants to play football. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to Washington, and then he hates everything. <laughs> well, speaking of Washington, Jan- Daniel Jeremiah says that the chatter is the QB the Redskins want is Dwayne Haskins. Really? So Not Drew if, Haskins. Yeah, not Drew Haskins. They don't want him at all. So, But they they want Dwayne Haskins now. If they think that the Giants are going to take him at six, they got to go up to probably three. They got to probably trade with the Jets. They have um, pick 15. Ooh, that's going to be a lot. That's that's a um, that's a whole draft trader to get yeah. up there. I mean, I, I mean, because I, I was even thinking like, come on, it's to probably, the Niners, but it's probably 15 this year, a three this year, and a one next year. That's probably what gets it done. Ain't going to be cheap. No, it definitely won't be. So if that's the case, and uh, because that's a division rival too in the Giants, if you think the Giants are going to take the quarterback that you want, I think you need to make that move if he's your guy. Yeah. But uh, more rumors here. The Cardinals have done extensive running back work, and um, Daryl Henderson is a possibility. I do not like that, the Welsh. How yeah. disappointing is that? Yeah, what would that? Why? I mean, you, well, I shouldn't say why because <clears throat> David Johnson's gotten hurt. It makes sense, but man, it, I, I hope that extensive work is more about the third or fourth round. You don't want a guy. You don't want one of the second round running backs coming in. No, no, I, I don't think it makes any sense for them to do that move. But uh, I think they'll. I think all it means is they'll be taking a running back at some point, which makes sense for them. But hopefully, it's not Daryl Henderson. Uh, Nick Bosa, your your future boy, deleted tweets about Donald Trump and Colin Kaepernick yeah. because he's going to be drafted by the 49ers, which I think that was funny. He probably had some cro- some pro Colin Kaepernick tweets, and because he's going to San Francisco, he's yeah, like, he's been to make America great again. Stuff for him. You know what I hate about that? It's it's like a long play for me, but I I, I read that and I think, man, this is a guy. That I mean, proactive. I, I give anybody credit for their proactivity about stuff like this, but right. he, he's got a political view that he acknowledges enough that he's going to delete tweets because he's going to a town. He's going to a specific town. What I immediately feel is like this is a guy that's not going to be a 49er for life. He's not going to stay a 49er <clears throat> when he has that mind. I, I know it's a weird thing to think, but that's all I can think of. And then it's just like, I don't want him. I don't want a guy that I already <laughs> feel like is not going to be a lifelong 49er. Uh, well, I mean, nothing set in stone now until the draft happens. So, uh, they could take, they could end up with Williams and then, um, you know, Bosa could wind up at three for the jets, which would make a lot of sense because I think his whole family's from Jersey. So, uh, we'll see the jets giants and Jaguars are all interested in Jonah Williams. And he is one of the top offensive tackles in the draft. It's between him and Jawan Williams. Uh, for most people, how they, they rank them, uh, Juwan Taylor, excuse me. And um, uh, he was one of the guys mentioned by Rappaport, and I can't remember the other guy's name, but uh, on NFL Network, they said he is a guy that they've heard is moving up and up and up as far as draft chatter goes. So Jonah Williams could end up getting into the top 10 there. Uh, Peter King hears the Raiders love your guy, Josh Jacobs, the Welsh. I love Josh Jacobs. <laughs> but I Top don't love him going to the Raiders. Well, I do if, if if he's the only guy. Yeah, I mean, the only uh, 
Indianapolis would be nice, but they're just not going to do that. Like they like Marlon Mack and they like taking late running backs too. So it's just not going to happen for them. Uh, the Lions have legitimate interest in Montez Sweat. And uh, I don't know if you heard about the stuff with Matthew Stafford's wife, the Welsh, but she has like a brain tumor she just had removed. So he's been away from the team during OTAs and stuff. They said that's not going to affect them. Like they're not going to go draft a quarterback because of that. They're comfortable and with what they have they'll there. they'll take one the, on Friday. They'll probably take one, yeah, yeah, in the second round. Uh, Cecil Lammy says that the Broncos are not sold on Drew Locke, that they like Devin White and Ed Oliver, the Welsh. So that's where I heard that. And, uh, Both of them could we, be gone, though. White, we've talked Oliver to Cecil Lammy, haven't we? Hasn't he been on the show? Us? Yeah. Because he's a football guy. So. Cecil Lammy? I've never talked to Cecil Lammy. No, we haven't talked to Cecil. Okay. I guess maybe I'm just getting people confused. Uh, Rob uh, Domofsky of ESPN says that the Packers don't see wide receiver as a top position of need. Not after you so, took seven of them last year. <laughs> Well, remember a lot of people a lot of people were giving them DK Metcalf with twelve and then I gave them Marquise Brown with thirty, but then we heard Devontae Adams is gonna be playing a bunch of the slot. So they're gonna give it looks like Saint Brown or Valdez Scantling uh, one of the outside spots and uh, Devontae Adams is gonna play inside and they probably won't draft a wide receiver. So we'll see. Uh, Joe Person of the Athletics says, don't be surprised if the Panthers draft a QB in the second round, really? which makes sense because Cam Newton has been hurt a ton. Second and round? Yeah, well, they need somebody. If so, I think that's like a, if someone slips. Like if Drew Locke or Daniel Jones don't get picked in the first round, and then you can make them you know, a backup for a while, which is, to be honest, what most of these quarterbacks in this draft should end up being anyway is they are good backups. And if, you know, it's it's always it's never a bad thing to have a good backup because you can trade them for draft capital next season too. So if you draft Daniel Jones, Cam Newton gets hurt and he looks great, and then Cam Newton's coming back, you can get a second-round pick for him, a first-round pick for him. And then, whenever a team does that, though, to me, it feels like there's a confidence level of like, oh, you guys think you're that close that you can just take that second-round pick for a value pick? Yeah, uh, but I think just you if you saw, yeah, they really do have the need. Uh, Cam Newton is getting hurt all the time, and yeah. it's like I said, they need offensive linemen to protect Cam Newton. Maybe that's and they just also a st- need Cam to protect himself too. Yeah, and you know, and honestly, I mean, just dissecting it, maybe it's just the stigma. You know, I have a stigma of I see a quarterback that's taken in the top two rounds, and that immediately screams controversy. But you forget, like. You can also take a quarterback to back up your team, and that doesn't mean that's not a need. Right, right, exactly. So, uh, I mean, you know, the Steelers took Mason Rudolph last year, and we saw Roethlisberger get pissed off about that. And um, you, you've seen that all over the place. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, Joe Flacco saying, well, you know, the uh, the Broncos don't need to draft a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I, I almost couldn't believe he said that. Like, dude, you just got traded for a six-round pick. Like, who do you think you're fooling? Yeah, I mean, and also, they traded away everyone. No one is left on that team. The backup, Case Keenum's gone. Everybody sucks. So they do need to draft a quarterback, even if it's not someone to compete with you, just to back you up. So um, I, the quarterback stuff can definitely get weird. But I don't think we've seen the, um, 
you know, we've seen the Patriots constantly drafting backups. And it's one of the things that I am always kind of confused on where, you know, the Patriots are trendsetters in so many things. Why aren't they a trendsetter in this? They trade. How many quarterbacks have you seen them trade off to get great stuff in the draft? They're about the only ones that can do it, though. Right. But I think other teams would be able to do it, but no other team is willing to take the risk. And they should have gotten so much more for Jimmy G. But that that almost caused Tom Brady to leave town and, you know, Bill Belichick to to quit and stuff like that. So they wound up moving him to a situation where he thought um, you know, where Bill thought he was going to a situation where he could succeed. So and, and he did in San Francisco for the half the season he started. And now he's going to be, you know, obviously the starter going into this year. And everyone expects big things from him. They traded Jacoby Brissett to the Colts, who wound up starting there for a year. And he's seen as one of the, one of the best backups in the league at this point. Uh, you know, they traded Brian Hoyer away and then brought him back. I mean, they've done so Matt Castle wound up starting in Kansas City for a while. They've done so many of these trades. It just makes so much sense. So I don't know why other teams are not doing this stuff. But the last one is Peter King says that the Seahawks are the team most likely to trade down. And I said that on the ITL show, the Welsh, when we were talking about it, because they ha- they only have like four picks in this draft. So it, I think it would behoove them to move down and add a couple spots later on. So I don't even think we have time to go over this article. Too many rumors. The we Welsh, do too not much too, stuff. You were, you were speculating too hard, Boggs. Yeah, Way that's all hard. I do is I speculate too hard. You if you want to hear me do an 11-hour podcast on uh, the 10-hour uh, draft, then uh, I'll probably do that on Sunday. Yeah, so, right. you know. I'm going to be doing a ton of it. So uh, <laughs> go check out everybody. Go to patreon.com slash army if you're already part of the Army and you're probably listening to this show. Good on you. And uh, you can spend your Thursday night and uh, potentially your Friday just getting all the draft information from Bogman, a very cool perk, part of our Patreon and there's a whole bunch of other stuff. Like I said, we've got the Game of Thrones season uh, uh, season eight, episode two uh, review podcast that'll be coming up this week. We're going to be on the precipice of another secret show, more prospect stuff. So it is a litany of cool stuff. And we've got to uh, maybe announce soon, too. We've got the maybe future ITL stickers. I got the first uh, iteration come in and uh, pretty, pretty happy with Bad it. Badass. So. Let's go. Stuff. So, all right, go to endthisleague.com. You want to check out the stuff and the things and follow us on Twitter at is it the Welsh at Bogman Sports. Have a great weekend. There is basketball playoffs. Baseball is in full force. Prospects are coming soon. Game of Thrones. Endgame is coming. Brendos, there's no reason to be bored because you also got lots of good ITL content. Until then, we out. Peace. See ya.